You right? Yeah. <laughs> we had a breakdown last week. <laughs> Nothing recorded. <laughs> uh, right, this is the third and final in the series on sacrifice. Let's pray. Yeah, Father, thank you that um, for us, sacrifice is defined from first to last by Jesus. Please, may your Holy Spirit, um, through whom Jesus offered himself up as that living sacrifice, teach us today what sacrifice is all about and particularly about the sacrifice um, of praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I, I think I've come to the conclusion that these three sermons are actually in ascending order. The first one was sacrifice as the foundation for everything. Second one's about sacrifice and holiness, and this one is about worship as the goal of sacrifice. The biblical connection between sacrifice and worship is very clearly expressed in Romans 12.1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, uh, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual worship. Peter makes the connection between our sacrifices and Christ's by saying in 1 Peter 2.5, we offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The offering of our bodies as worship is grounded in Jesus offering his body on the cross as a holy act fully acceptable to the Father. The worship we offer God is what he is worth, no matter what the circumstances of our life may seem to be. As a young believer, I was fortunate to hear scriptures like these quoted regularly in church from Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And from 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances. And finally, from Hebrews 13.15, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly confess his name. Popular books like Prison to Praise and Power to Praise exhorted the people of God to vocally adore the Lord no matter how difficult life might have become. When a respected Christian leader testified that he had become, after years of leading churches and teaching and preaching, he said he'd become a worshipper, I knew exactly what he meant. The priority of acknowledging the Lord's worthwhileness is why I begin my prayer walks of the morning with songs of praise at the beginning and conclude them at the end. Now, it doesn't matter how I feel about that. It's not about my emotion, it's about the worthwhileness of the Lord. This simple face step is meant, whether it does or not, who knows, the Lord knows, it's meant to keep me in communion with the worship of heaven where the Lamb of God is ruling over everything, including my own life. And it's the book of Revelation that opens up these things for us. So Revelation chapter 5 is an enthronement scene in which the slain and raised Lamb of God, that is a human being, is declared worthy to share the throne of his father. This testimony of the infinite worth of the humanity of the Son of God is the heartbeat of all genuine Christian worship. Now, it doesn't mean everything that happens in churches is genuine Christian worship. Both Old and New Testaments disclose that Jesus always lived in a limitlessly God-honouring way. The whole of Psalm 22 is prophetic about Christ never stepping back from the worthwhileness of, or the worthiness, same thing, of his Father. We're familiar with Psalm 22, 1, which is what Jesus cried out from the cross. 
My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But the psalmist goes on, and this is we're still hearing the voice of Jesus, goes on to say, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Now this voice is Jesus' testimony to the worth of his father in the midst of his anguish. Christ is testifying, not only his words, but, but with his obedience, he's testifying, even on the cross, that his father is worthy of the sacrifice of his life as a sacrifice of praise so that he, the father, might be enthroned over his life. And this prophetic interpretation of Jesus' attitude to his own death is, is consistent with what we read in the Gospels or what we read today in the Gospels. They tell us that after the Last Supper, on the way to Gethsemane, Jesus led the disciples in the singing of a hymn. This was one of the so-called Hallel Psalms, the latter part of the Psalms, a, a psalm of praise. So Jesus is confessing with his lips whatever he was feeling in his heart, and he was certainly being crushed. We'll see, you know, the next episode was in Gethsemane. He's confessing with his lips that the Father is worthy of his sacrificial death. Job's famous remark, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, was the attitude perfected by Christ as he trusted God for resurrection life. Such an absolute honouring of the Father meant that Jesus was honoured by the Father with a resurrection body completely inhabited by the glory of God. Because that's how it works. This meant Christ sharing as an exalted human being fully in God's heavenly enthronement, ruling over all things and lifted up on the praises of the entire unfallen creation because that's what happens in, in Revelation 5. Big picture realities like this, though perhaps rarely preached across the churches, big picture realities like this are central to Christian living because they exhort us to share in Christ's sufferings and his risen glory by faith. In a passage avoided by many preachers, Paul teaches, this is 2 Corinthians 1, Paul teaches that the greater our suffering with Christ, the greater the delivering power of God we will encounter. And this is what he says uh, beginning at uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 8 to 10. He says, and I had people oppose me publicly about this passage, not that they got very far because it's in the Bible, right? It was in a group of pastors and they, you know, it couldn't be Paul had those experiences. A real born-again person couldn't have those experiences. Well, here it is. Here, Paul says, We were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. Living out the worthiness of Christ as Christ lived out the worthiness of his Father, involves being sent and empowered as he was sent. From New Testament times, the power of sacrifice to release the presence of God has been strongly evident in pioneer missions. I made a big point of that last week. From the stoning of Stephen in Acts 7 to the burning alive, 20 years ago now, of Australian missionary Graham Staines and his two sons in India, and since that time, the testimony of suffering missionaries. Now, if we're, we're all sent, Jesus said, you know, as the Father sent me, so send I you, at the end of John, John 20. These suffering men and women of God have inspired countless so-called ordinary Christians to witness for Jesus. 
And that's part of the problem we've got. We don't have enough uh, models of suffering testimony in this country. Now, here's one of my favourite stories about holy sacrifice. In 1732, two young Moravians, um, this is the people from Central Europe, you don't know anything about that. Two young Moravians heard of an island in the West Indies, now called the Caribbean, of course, whose atheist slave owner had vowed that the gospel would never be preached to the slaves. They couldn't rest until they found a way to reach the slaves. Now, one of them tried to sell himself into slavery, but the law is going into a Dutch island. Danish, sorry, Danish law forbade it. Leaving behind family and friends, weeping and begging them not to go, they felt their sacrifice paled in, into nothing in comparison to the sacrifice of their saviour. And as their ship pulled out from the docks, they lifted up a cry, which I'll repeat, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. Well, how big do you think that is? How much does Jesus deserve for his suffering? Well, anyway, these uh, Moravians, and they had this great revival, they, they sent missionaries to the West Indies, to Greenland, to Lapland, to Turkey and North America. This was the first great Protestant missionary movement ever. And it was upheld by a prayer meeting that did not stop for more than 100 years. It all fits together, you know. Whenever we endure suffering as a sacrifice for Jesus, we join in his triumphal procession. And Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians 2. For the more we live according to his true worth, the more the heavenly atmosphere that celebrates the worthiness of the Lamb in heaven breaks into our lives. Revelation, the book of Revelation, which is one of my more favourite books, is full of hymns of triumph because it's an exhortation and encouraging encouragement to a church called to live faithfully or worthily under extreme pressure. Jesus said to the poor little church in Smyrna, and he actually uses words that are very poor, right, in Revelation 2. He says, do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. Well, is that an encouragement? Is it a discouragement? What do you think? Yeah, it's saying, be like me and you'll receive a reward like I have. Well, so that was Jesus telling them that some of them were going to be thrown into prison. And there's something about prisons and praise that I think can be very magnificent, very powerful. I've got a few stories about this beginning in the Bible. In Acts chapter 16... We read how Paul and Silas had many blows inflicted upon them. They threw them into the inner prison, fastened their feet in stocks. Remember what stocks are? About midnight, the apostles were praying and singing hymns to God. Okay? And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately... All the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Now, what do you think? If they hadn't been worshipping the Lord in the midst of their pain and suffering, because they'd had this really 
They'd been beaten with rods quite badly. If they hadn't been worshipping the Lord in the midst of their suffering, do you think this miraculously timed earthquake would have come? I don't. The power of God comes to his people when we worship him in the spirit and truth of the Lamb crucified and raised. And there are many such stories. Somehow I've got these ones about prisons or jails. There's a guy called Dmitri. He was imprisoned in Russia under communist rule. But every morning at daybreak, he would get up out of bed, get to the end of his bed, stand, look to the east and sing a heart song to Jesus. Well, what did the other prisoners do? They jeered, they laughed, they shouted, they nagged, they banged metal cups on the, on the iron bars, they threw food and excrement, but nothing could stop the light of Christ shining through this man's life. Then one day the guards threatened him with death and dragged him down a long corridor to the normal place of execution. But before he could arrive, the strangest thing happened. 1,500 hardened criminals stood at attention at their beds, lifted their hands and sung the heart song they'd heard from Dimitri all those years. He said it sounded to him like the greatest choir in human history. Now I believe he was, he was correct because human and angelic voices were mingling in the praise of the Lamb. Do you believe that? I believe that. Because of a man's faithful sacrifice, the sacrifice of praise, for Jesus. An even more contemporary example. When a young widow in a Muslim country became a Christian, she was arrested and placed in the cellar of the police station. And this was very hard for her. At the very moment, she felt she couldn't take any more and began to open her mouth to scream in protest and despair. Out came a song of praise and worship to Jesus. In the middle of the night, the chief of police personally came to release her, saying, I don't understand. You're not afraid of anything. And he invited her to come to visit the frightened women in his family and to tell them why she was not afraid. Then he said, And I want you to sing that song. Now, those examples are from you know, physical prisons. Well, there are other sorts of prisons. A friend of mine who's got some maladies, wakes up in the middle of each night with excruciating pain in his leg. So he puts on a recording of monks singing Gregorian chant and he says as he sings along with them, he feels awesomely transported into the presence of God in heaven and falls back to sleep. That is the power of praise, of authentic worship, which is absolutely centred on the person of the Son of God, who is in heaven as the Lamb of God, victorious, ruling over all things. There will always be a way in the spirit to give thanks in all circumstances. In his famous book, The Cross of Christ, John Stott Stott remarks quite profoundly that you won't find triumphant singing. There's this new song in a couple of places in the book of Revelation. You won't find triumphant singing in mosques or in Buddhist temples. And you won't. Because the power is not present. Because the lamb is not worshipped. E. Stanley Jones, who was an early uh, missionary in India, says he once had a canary that wouldn't sing unless it had a bath. And he goes on to give a powerful lesson. 
he says, <clears throat> he says, my soul is like that. It refuses to sing unless it is washed from guilt. This man was a very biblical man. The song of the Lamb of God is a song of inner freedom from bondage by which a heart washed from guilt by the blood of the cross has its, has its ability to praise the Lord open. The power of the blood sacrifice of Christ is without limit. Now, unless we believe that, we actually don't believe in the new creation. In the Spirit, we can all share in the overcoming life of Christ, because Peter says in 1 Peter 2, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You don't listen to any other voice. Now, people have criticised me, well, for many things, but they don't like my singing, for example. Yeah, well, that's not what the Lord's saying. The Lord hasn't said that to you. I'm not going to say that to you. Our, our sacrifices are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ and only through Jesus Christ, but is that enough? It is enough. Now, I'm just going to say a few brief things about contemporary worship. There's some big differences between, you know, mainline contemporary church worship and biblical worship. The average Western Christian has a concept of worship as something which is localised in church buildings rather than the offering up of, of life itself has ritualized to tight orders of service. It doesn't matter whether you use a book or, you know, there's a clock on the back of the church telling you what time it is, so it doesn't make any difference. And as something uh, which is professionalized, you know, the, the really able people up the front are into this, rather than a total congregational phenomenon. Like it's in the Bible, just when they're, when they're filled with the Spirit, when all the people have got are filled with the Spirit, you can't control them. Have you noticed that? You know, I sometimes talk to these pastors. Um, <laughs> I won't say what other people have said. Other people have said they're all control freaks. I don't believe that. But <laughs> a lot of them are, you know. But if the Spirit of God fills the people of God, nobody can control them. One of the idols preventing contemporary church music, making holy disciples, is that their lyrics fail to face up to the painfulness of life and in not facing up to the struggle of what it is to follow Jesus, deny the power of the cross. Now, there are exceptions. So last week we had a song, you know, Blessed Be Your Name by Matt Redman. Now, God does give and God does take away, always mercifully but often painfully. We need prophetic musicians who will confront the prevailing sins of our time, like injustice, inequality, materialism, sexual temptation, all of which make it so very difficult to live lives worthy of the Lord. It's easy to give lip service to the sacrifice of the cross, but holy people know how excruciatingly painful it is to have our sins put together by the power of the cross and how inexpressibly wonderful the Christ-like fruit of such a mortification, which is putting to death, can be. It's all a share, and everything I've said today about these people in prison, it's all an expression of the life of Jesus. And that's all that matters. Nothing else matters. The universe was created for that. We were made for that. You'll be in that forever. That is all that will ever matter, expressing the life of Jesus, the Lamb of God. I'm at the conclusion. 
all Christians understand, hopefully, if it's not Christian, understand Jesus reigning as Lord from heaven. Some believers appreciate his praying in heaven, but few honour his singing over us. Right? So, you go back to Zephaniah. You don't have to go back to Zephaniah. This is Zephaniah 3.17. You have to read it Christologically. If you don't read it Christologically, you don't understand how the Old Testament relates to the New Testament. So the Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. Now, which love? It's the love expressed in the death of the cross. The love of the Lamb. He will exalt over you. Just as he did in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and taking him into heaven, he will exult over you with loud singing. Now I can fill this out from how the angels received Jesus as he went into heaven in Hebrews 1. Then more expressly, Hebrews chapter 2 says of Jesus, and it's quoting his own words in 2.12. Jesus is speaking, I will tell of your name, that's the name of his father, to my brothers and sisters in the midst of the congregation, it's the normal word for church, in the midst of the church, I will sing your praise. Jesus is singing to us about the wisdom, the love and the perfect will of his Father, manifested preeminently through the sacrifice of the cross and we are the fruit of the sacrifice of his praise. Now, he has no regrets when he looks back at the sacrifice of the cross and when he, when he looks at us, the church, amazingly, he's satisfied because we will be with him in the heart of his Father forever. For our maturing, well, I don't know, I, I need maturing, radically need maturing. I don't know, I can't speak for you. You know, maybe you're one of those more advanced ones. I just never met such, such people, actually. <laughs> for our maturing, um, God's people today need a grand vision of the height, breadth, length and depth of the love of God summed up in the sacrifice of the cross. In sharing in this sacrifice of Jesus, there are no limits to the self-sacrifice we are called upon by God to undergo for the good of our brothers and sisters and for the sake of a lost world. Now, these themes, which are really all about Jesus, you know, just because I call it sacrifice, I'm doing another one on prayer or somewhere else, they're always about Jesus, because it always is about Jesus, one way or other. These themes are not great themes, they're the greatest of themes. So may the Spirit of God give us grace to join in the chorus of heaven around the throne of the Lamb by laying down our lives here on earth. Now I'm going to pray and then there might be some questions or comments. Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you for all those holy beings in heaven who are amazed and can't stop praising. But relatively speaking, they're deprived. Because being in heaven, they can't sacrifice. But we can. So please help us by the Holy Spirit to hear what the Spirit is saying to us and to the church. And may we be sensitive to the sacrifices that you personally have appointed for our lives, knowing that through obedience we will enter into one degree of glory after another. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.